show has been brought to you by Machine Culture. You stumble across a very intelligent podcast listener. What do you do? Uh, I ask if they've ever heard of desks and day jobs. Roll for insight. Oh, they haven't, and they yes. want to know more. I tell them Destin Day Jobs is a D&D podcast that takes the humdrum life of four office workers and injects it with magic, adventure, and hilarious antics. All right, roll for perception. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, they're definitely interested. Uh, I grab their phones and subscribe them to Destin Day Jobs on iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Machine Culture website. Roll for sleight of hand. Oh, that's a critical hit. Yeah. yeah. They're subscribed. Do they have a dog? Uh, can the dog listen to the podcast? Uh, yeah. Roll for animal handling, I guess. Well, that doesn't work. Uh, uh, but they're still interested in desks and day jobs. Yeah! yeah! Desks and day jobs. Now part of the Machine Culture Collective. Huzzah! My name is Danny Schill. And I'm Dan Muller. And we host the podcast We Book Celebrities. We book all kinds of celebrities, even though we're not that great at it. But we've had some success. Glenn Danzig, for instance. Yeah, you guys know. We've also had DJ Khaled. You can see the blessings in my house, my family, my musical garden, and Florida. Oh, wow. That's the end of the expert. Tanya Harding. Steven Seagal. And Meatloaf. Dick Cheney always says, one of my best friends. You and Dick, huh? Oh, yeah. I was there when he shot that guy in the face. I had to run off because I had priors. But Yeah. So please listen to We Book Celebrities on the Machine Culture Net- Network. <laughs> Don't impress me much So you got the brains But have you got the touch Trivia, comrades This is Impress Me With Music The show where every week We create a new playlist That you can use to impress friends Enchant lovers, intimidate enemies And just flat out enjoy yourself Every week my co-host Cohabitator and long-suffering beard Mary Novohovsky and I carefully pick out each song for you and put them on a playlist. You can find our playlist embedded into the episode description. To get the playlist early, follow us on Spotify in the link and rate and review our podcast on iTunes.
What is up? You are listening to Impress Me With Music. Today's episode is... What's the episode, Dave? Musical theater. theater. Why'd we do that? We don't know anything about musical theater. That's true. I don't know any. I know I know a little bit. I've been in a musical, actually. You were in a musical? Yeah, Oklahoma. Huh. I, I, I quit. Can't tell really? you anything about that. As usual, I'm one of your hosts, Mary Novohovsky. And with me, I have the delightful... Dave Metz. And today we have a very, very special guest. Dave, would you like to introduce our, our lovely guest this episode? Sure. So, uh, our guest today, Kate Myers, a.k.a. Muhammad, a good friend of mine from way back in the day. We'll explain the name later. Um, one of my oldest, uh, nearest, and dearest friends. She's in town from Shanghai. Kate, say what's up. Hey, everybody. What's up? And other than, you know, nepotism, why have we chosen Kate to be on this musical theater episode? Well, Kate has a long background uh, with musical theater. Like, tell us, I guess, what's your what's your history? So let them yeah, listen yeah, to yeah. That. Let us give give them make them think that you're valid. You know. Okay, how am I about? Let's see. I've been doing shows since I was eight. Um, different types, plays, musicals. Um, but musicals are my favorite because they mix, obviously, a narrative story with music. And there are so many different genres of music. So, you know, we, musical theater, I mean. Um, we've got rock operas, uh, concept musicals, et cetera, et cetera. And you can just really show like a different depth to the to the story when you add music. Sure. Now, let me ask you the most obvious question. What's your favorite music? That's tough. It changes every year. Probably currently it's Blood Brothers. I want a song from Blood Brothers. Did you put a you put a song from Blood Brothers? I did. There, right? I did. Okay, well we'll we'll get to that and then we play the song. Um so now I, I tell you, I have kind of a weird history with musicals, which is that, you know, I often find myself, like, liking the songs and not loving the production as much. Do you know what I mean? And part of that, I think, is because when I was a kid, so my dad actually likes musicals, but he would never let anyone know that, but he loves uh, West Side Story. Okay? So I would listen to the West Side Story record. Is that the one where they scream, Maria! Yes. Yeah. All right. Wait, was Maria... Was Maria Puerto Rican? Yes. Maria, Maria, right? That's on. That's right, right. Is that from that music? No. Is that a Maria? Just met a girl named Maria. What can you do with the problem, like Maria? No, <laughs> All right, okay, Dave. Why don't you give your your musical history spiel? I'll give mine, and then let's get into a goddamn song. We got my spiel out of here, Mary. Why don't you tell us your spiel? What I do don't know anything about musicals except in the fifth grade they took us to see. A musical about the play Anne Frank, which I found extremely offensive. <laughs> and every time... Can I be would... frank with you right now? <laughs> oh, boy. I don't like your puns. Okay. I don't uh, like your Right. Part. So, an Anne Frank musical, uh, in short, is just a really... It's really weird. They're like, we're sitting in the attic. Was it, was it trapped in the closet by her jelly? <laughs> All right. Uh, that's enough. And the worst part is, is they would go from one sad scene to another... Somebody off stage would sing, turn the page. <laughs> How much, wait, wow. I don't see the Anne Frank stories being one that is lends itself all the music since she was no. hiding in silence the whole No, time. it does not lend itself well to music. 
And so while I already had no appreciation of music, I, I, did, I did grow up on theater, but not musical theater. I grew up on like, you know, fucking sad shit. Sure. Sad <laughs> Russian sad shit, right? Russian D shit. <laughs> Chekhov, Dostoevsky stuff. I grew up like going to Steppenwolf and watching, you know, the weird one about Virginia Wolf. It's not actually about Virginia Wolf. It's about someone's dead son. Yeah. Steppenwolf, Who's Virginia Wolf. Who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Yeah. Okay, so my, I've had to watch that when I was like 13. Did you see that at Steppenwolf? I did. So it was a double wolf. Double wolf. It was wolf on wolf. Okay. All right. Uh, well, before we play another song, what did you guys think of that Billy Joel song? Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Uh, Billy Joel sucks. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know. I just feel that way. I like piano man. That's about it. Oh, you. That's the only song anybody ever knows who doesn't really know Billy. Joel. Well, I don't really know Billy Joel, but I just I just don't like his vibe. What? Why? Oh, his vibe is not good. But you gotta ignore the vibe because like he as a person, like when you see him being interviewed, he's always kind of like a little bit of an asshole. Well, you know. Yeah. And he looks like a weird little mole guy now, but I don't, I only think of the Billy Joel from, um, like, let me see if I can find the, uh, the, the Billy Joel, from, this Billy Joel, that's what I think of when I think of Billy Joel from The, the Cover of the Stranger, which is yeah. the best Billy Joel album, I think. I, I know you like River of Dreams, right? Alright, this, this isn't a Billy Joel album. I don't know, yeah, it's not, but, but, Billy Joel, uh, was featured in a musical, Moving Out. Oh, yeah, so is Moving Out, the because the first song on The Stranger is Moving Out, is that just like, is this one of those cash grabs where it's just like his songs with like some story yeah, around so, it? Yeah, so that could be considered like a rock opera. Okay. Um, Moulin Rouge did something like that. Where they took, but they took But that's cabaret songs. though, right? Mm, yeah. More, more, it's not cabaret because it is a whole story. But it's um, songs but it that existed. Yes. Yeah. Like, moving out. But, but it's Mou all Billy Joel. But it's all Billy Joel. Moulin Rouge is many different rock He's like, I bet he saw Moulin Rouge, he's like, I got a great idea, I want to do this, but all my songs. Yeah. I'm the best. Okay, I see that Muhammad Googled Anne Frank the Musical, and the very first, uh, the very first thing that comes up is, Anne Frank, the musical strikes a false note. <laughs> the Guardian says this, so that yeah. doesn't surprise me, because oh, I never heard of that. So catty and funny, you know a British person wrote it? There's a, There's a play that's taught in literature curriculum. Oh, really? Kids. Yeah, and I teach my kids. I teach literature and drama. And I teach my kids, they am for a play, but I've never heard of the musical, so it just seems like oh, it's not It's a really in, 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 so. the, in the poorest it's possible a, taste. It's the quietest musical ever. <laughs> the Germans are coming, yeah. the Germans are coming. So never mind, they're not. Not today, but soon. Oh my god. Shh, Something like that. It's probably very similar to like a gothic music. Like Jane Eyre or uh, yeah. Secret Garden. Alice in Chains. They're very dark. Um, oh, here comes the rooster. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even gothic. I don't know why I said that. Here comes the rooster. All right. Next song. Next all right. Song. So, Mohammed, you get the next song. Mohammed. Uh, just point to it. Educate us. Now only used for letter words, writing prose. 
Alright, so this show is Cole Porter. Cole Porter was really edgy for his day. Wait, you gotta tell us what it is. And sorry, Anything Goes. So it's the theme number of the show, Anything Goes. Um, and the show was produced first time, let's see, 1935. Um, and the screenplay, or the, the book, is actually written by P.G. Woodhouse. Yes. Um, which is interesting. The so, guy who came up with Jeeves. Jeeves, yeah, the British. S. Jeeves? Yep, yes. that's him. Yes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. So it's characteristic of, the story is characteristic of his, like, really ridiculous humor. Um, and Ethel Merman, huge name in musical theater, he's, she was the original. This is not, this is 1989, Columbia cast. Um, but she was the original uh, Reno, who sings this number. Um, who basically chases his boy onto a big ship, and there's like this sort of triangle of lovers and whatnot on the ship, and it's just a really crazy story. Um, but it's kind of edgy for its time. Uh, Cole Porter was like this, he was a really brilliant composer who was gay, who was trying to hide all these things about his life, um, and, but writing these really edgy musicals, so in the lyric, stuff like glimpsing stockings right which is scandalous and being a gigolo and bear limbs and may west and all these really like scandalous things um and some of the more recent productions have altered some of the lyrics and you could alter them really a lot because there's so many nouns you could just change it for the day so you you have the you have the lyrics um, up there right now so i, I want to talk about one of the lyrics which i actually sound found very interesting so you were playing this song earlier while we were making dinner and um, I, I thought it was kind of interesting. They talked about the line. Can I see where you have the, let me see here. So it is in the very first stanza. Times have changed. We've often rewound the clock since the Puritans got a shock when they landed on Plymouth Rock. If today any shock they should try to stem, instead of landing on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock would land on them. So that is um, a very famous quote, if not the most famous quote from Malcolm X. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock, Plymouth Rock landed on us. Now, Malcolm X said that in like the 50s, I think. And this came out in 1934. And it has been alleged, and you can find this article, I think this is an LA Times article, that um, it is believed that Malcolm X took the, his famous saying from this musical. And Malcolm X loved, if you read the autobiography of Malcolm X, he loved going to watch all the old, like, um, movies and like theater productions and everything uh, when he was living in Harlem when he was younger, before he became like uh, an activist. Mary, what do you think of this song? I love the Malcolm X tie-in. Mm -hmm. uh, I love that lyric. I, I don't know, it's hard for me to feel anything with musicals. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting to be, to be sparked inside. Oh, okay. You I don't know, it, it, I don't, I don't hate I don't hate it, but I, I don't I don't love it. To me every kind of like lady music sounds the same like but I baby anything goes a rose a rose everybody hoes. What? That's interesting. Well um, I don't know. I mean I picked, minus the hose. I meant like a water hose, not like real hose. <laughs> not like hose, like rappers have hose. Hose no, are in I, the song too. There are hoes in the song? Pretty sure. Not the Well word. the illusion. I like the okay. I'll, I'll go into like the one musical I've seen that I loved and what I love about it 
is I'm sure that this song, if I was watching it live and there were some ladies dancing and there was like upskirt going on and people <laughs> running around the stage, I'm sure I'd be into it. But just listening to it like this, I could never listen to it while I was doing dishes. I'd be like, turn this off, Dave. Interesting. Could you listen to this while you were like just hanging out? I have listened to just musicals <laughs> on my own. You know what I mean? Really? Yeah. I mean, like, look, like, I, I appreciate the production of a musical. At the end of the day, the amount of instruments and singing, like, just what is required to put this together. I mean, we're talking, like, 70 people performing at once, you know what I mean? To Could make... be, not all shows. Not all, oh, definitely not all. So this one is a huge number, and, like, Porter was famous for those, Sondheim is famous for those, um, really big classic idea of, like, a huge cast. Right. Huge um, chorus numbers, okay? And this show is a really big dancing show, too. Tons of taps, so you would love it if you saw it. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I'd love it if I saw it. Alright, this next track is the closest that I get to interpreting a musical. Fiddler on the Roof, right? That's from Fiddler right, on the that's Roof. Right, that's a play on Fiddler on the Roof, which is basically about the extent growing up Jewish. Like, I don't even know if I know that many songs from Fiddler on the Roof, but I think I was supposed to see Fiddler on the Roof at one point. I have to pretend to know everything about Fiddler on the Roof, you know what I mean? Yeah. What about Yentl? Where do you stand on Yentl? Um, <laughs> I think my mom really likes Yentl. My mom yeah. loves it. I think it's my mom loves Yentl soup. I think mom's oh, right. I think moms love Yentl. So, my mom was married to a Fiddler on the Roof song. She walked down the aisle yeah, to you told uh, me, uh, Sunrise, Sunrise Sunset. Sunrise Sunset. It's a beautiful show. It's funny and it's also really nice. Um, Fiddler is story. hilarious. I think Fiddler is really good. But it has a really deep underscore to it. I think I've really only, I don't think I've ever seen a live production of Fiddler on the Roof. Mm -hmm. I've definitely seen the movie. I was in it in one of the movies. I've seen a production. It's great. I mean, yeah. A lot of high schools seem to do it, it seems like. I see signs for high school doing Fiddler. Yeah, that maybe. It's, so a lot of the older musicals get, get put on the shelf for a while. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that one is at, done as much anymore. Like Oklahoma, you mentioned you were in Oklahoma. I hate Oklahoma, personally. I think the yeah. story is stupid. And there's, like some musicals really have no uh, historical context and no connection or no message. Um, Oklahoma has some history, but not in like real connection to history. And there's really no message. It's I know. very weird. It's such um, a Fiddler has like this really deep story. It's really about this father connecting to his daughters and actually really, really can tie into today because um, it's this Jewish family, this Jewish community living in Russia. So it's kind of relates to you know, refugees living in a different place. And this one daughter falls in love with a Russian. 
And you know, if you've ever been in a relationship that's uh, unkosher, uh, you know, like for your family, unkosher for your family, then you understand. And it's actually pretty relevant. That's probably why something high school is doing, to be honest. You know what I mean? Because it has like kind of like a deeper meaning. Alright, so uh, Muhammad, you get to pick the next song. Just the sun comes up, I think about you. The coffee cup, I think about you. I want you so. It's like I'm losing my mind The morning ends I think about you I talk to friends I think about you And do they know It's like I'm my mind All afternoon doing every little chore So that was Losing My Mind uh, from Follies and this was um, when it came back in 2011 with Bernadette Peters as one of the leads and she's phenomenal. Um, she often plays in Sondheim shows, this is Stephen Sondheim, a more modern composer, and he's really well known for very complicated chorus numbers in his shows. Very, very complicated to sing, very difficult, many key changes, if you know anything about music, many key changes in the songs, uh, impossible to audition for, but this is one of the very, very few songs that's lyrical in any of his shows. And it's gorgeous. So it's really a contrast between what we heard before with um, Anything Goes. I think I like, I like this a lot more than Anything Goes. This is, yeah, this is a very beautiful track. There's something, yeah, about the, like the, the losing my mind. I think these lyrics are a little more relatable. Like until you guys sort of read out to me the lyric that also, I guess, became part of a famous Malcolm X speech. <laughs> I don't think I understood what was going on in Anything Goes. It was just like very upbeat, a lot was going on here. Here there's sort of like a romantic longing, mm. kind of deeper thing going on. And, and I actually really prefer the instrumentals here. Mm. I feel like I can hear the separation of like the instruments mm. and stuff better. So um, um, this this grows on me. This, is, this definitely impresses me more than I think your last track for sure. Okay, yeah. So this is a modern show. Um, and what I, I'm glad you mentioned that um, about the longing because what I was trying to get at earlier, what I love about musical theater is in anything you sing ever, if you're a singer, anything you sing, you're acting, almost anything, you're acting. But musical theater really challenges you to tell a story through the song, not just with the lyrics, but with your body language, with your voice, with your dynamics in your voice. Like if you're a pianist, you know what dynamics are all about. So. Um, in, and Bernadette Peters can do that. You can just cut the emotion with a knife. You can feel it. You understand it. You don't even have to really know the story of the show. Right. 
You know what I find interesting about Bernadette Peters is that she's obviously like a very accomplished uh, singer and musical uh, theater uh, actress, yet she continues to do bit character acting in like New York TV shows. Like I don't understand why. Well, she is a character actress for sure. So she always plays very strong characters. So a character actress or a character actor is someone who does not play like the lead typical type of person or, or protagonist or ingenue that you would expect. So she played ingenue. Yeah, I, I was gonna I was gonna repeat ingenue too. No, I don't I don't think you get to hear ingenue very often. I like that. We don't just pepper French into our conversation. Yeah. So it's funny, like when I oh, Yeah. Well My fiance we use that all the time in, in theater. Like it's, what is an ingenue? It's, an ingenue is the the damsel in distress or the young woman who you know, is the protagonist of the story and is innocent and ends up finding some conflict or trouble. Like, it's tied to for the example, tracks. your favorite musical, the uh, Sound, Sound of Music. Sound of Music. So Maria is the perfect ingenue example. Yeah. Um, also, Maria from West Side Story is an ingenue. Also, Maria, my fiance. <laughs> hey, that's not my name. <laughs> no, I, I love this track. You've got you've got another one coming at us, right? We're gonna do we're doing two Muhammad tracks in a row. Yeah, I guess so. That was Kids Game from the musical Blood Brothers. Uh, Muhammad, what can you tell us about this musical? Okay, so I knew nothing about this musical until it came up as an audition at my community theater in Connecticut that I was told you really should audition for this. And I fell in love with it. Um, so this is the 1989 New, uh, New London West End cast with Kiki D. And Kiki D did a lot of songs with Elton John, actually. She was kind of more of a pop singer, and she did this show. Um, this show is considered a concept musical. So uh, an idea that runs through the show um, and sort of ties everything together. It's very flowy, and there's a lot of music um, as narration which is special. So there is a narrator who is this sort of weird persona who comes in and out, sort of helping to tell the story. And the lead, Mrs. Johnson, um, who I was privileged to play, she also continues to tell the story. So let me just tell you briefly about the story because it's really special. Okay. Um, basically, this woman matches up with this guy and at the very beginning she just sings about her life and she... Um, compares herself to Marilyn Monroe. And she has six kids with this guy, and then he just abandons her. And at the, right before he leaves, she finds out she's pregnant with twins. So she's trying to make money and make a living and oh. help these kids. And she's on welfare, mm. um, on like the dole, which yes. they talk about in, in London. He's drinking the dole! You ever seen Angela's Ashes? <laughs> 
<laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, um, anyway, she is working for this rich lady who cannot have babies. Her husband's out, of, the rich woman's husband is out of town, and she proposes this idea. Her name is Mrs. Lyons. She said, why don't we split your babies? You give me one, and oh, you keep the other one. That's not what I thought you meant by that. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> I thought they were completely. No, no, no. <laughs> and I'll pretend that I had the baby while he was away, um, and he won't ever know that it wasn't mine, ours, um, and you can see him whenever you want. So they do it. But Mrs. Johnson, you know, she cannot keep her emotion down. So Mrs. Lyons is very, very uh, jealous and afraid, so she moves. But the kids are still within reach of each other, so they end up becoming best friends. And they're brothers, and they don't know it. So anyway, fraternal, so they don't, they don't look alike? Correct, fraternal. So what's special, so the musical goes from these kids being uh, like nine years old until 30, and follow the, they end up focusing on um, one of the boys more, Mickey, and how because they're in different um, economic statuses, how their lives turn out completely differently. But they both fall in love with the same girl, blah blah blah. So it's a, it's oh, really the same girl. So it's this is really kind of like a political. The a little bit. But, Prince and the Popper. Mm, more like Prince and the Popper. It's it's a political commentary though, okay. for the times. And what was um, well, this is in the eighties, right? In the eighties. Yes. What was going on in England in so the 80s? So you probably are more of a history buff than I am, but basically what we can tell from the story is that, you know, it's the idea that, you know, two kids um, start with the same thing and then you put them in completely different uh, economic statuses, mm -hmm. even though they grow up in the same neighborhood and they... It's and like if Mengele was an economist, this is what he would have done. <laughs> so, many, so many different opportunities that one kid gets. And in the end, should I tell you the end? I don't know. No, 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 no. Tragic. So I won't Ooh, tell you. I love a good tragedy. It's a tragic ending. It's really a tearjerker. And what is really special about the show is that it does not use children actors. Uh, um, it doesn't break. And the because there's break. Are, I love it when there's no break. I so, I hate a break. Yeah. So the actors um, play children, and mm -hmm. they have to play like four different ages, which is extremely difficult. Oh. So this song is when these actors, who are adults, are pretending to be children and talking about um, the superstitions even in the song. Like you know, if you count to ten and cross your fingers, you're alive again. We play dead, but you're never really dead. And in the end, well, in the show, there are some dark things that happen. So it's it's really deep and really heavy, actually. Um, yeah, anyway. So let me chime in for 30 seconds on this one. Yeah, chime on in. I've never heard of this musical. I thought the song was pretty cool. Kind of like the whole uh, English children playing. Yeah. I what? I love that. Uh, I think one of the reasons I've never heard of this is because I only just discovered while listening to this track and then Googling that Blood Brothers was not a Broadway play, which I thought was the only place in the world that they did <laughs> musicals. But apparently they have something maybe even better in London and I'm just a big, fat, dumb American. You know they have a musical theater here in downtown Chicago. <laughs> well, It's called the Chicago Theater. Yeah, well, it's not, it's not as good as New York. I mean. So... That's the thing that people get confused because we Broadway is now two things. It's a place, right? It's a road in New York. There are all these musicals 
kind of came up, but also there are other places that birds musical theater. Right, like, like Caesar West Chavez End. is a guy and a street, for example. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay, so Mary, this next one is yours. Uh, anything you want to say before we play it? Well, it's ours, isn't it? It's ours. It's ours. So when Dave told me to aggravatedly said, Mary, can you pick a musical track? And after I was like, oh, I'm going to put Rich Girl by Gwen Stefani on. That's <laughs> so funny when you did that. Yeah, and, and I thought it was funny, and Dave was very, very upset by that. We still, I still got to play the track. So he asked me to pick one more song, and it turns out that it's actually a song that we both picked, and that he had already had on the playlist for today. And it's from my favorite musical, and I'll tell you guys a little bit of more, a bit more about why it's poverty, famine, but having a saying makes it all seem better. There isn't enough food to eat. Hasadika evil why people are starving in the street. Well, that's pretty neat. Does it mean no worries for the rest of our days? Kind of. We've had no rain in several days. And 80% of us have AIDS. Many young girls here get circumcised. The clits get caught right off. Well, and so we say up to this That was Asadiga Iboi from the Book of Mormon, which is my favorite musical of all time. So I got to see this opening weekend on Broadway um, because I went to New York with my mom and my dad. Because I'm one of those people that goes on, as an adult, goes on Whoa. vacations with their parents. When you are seeing a Broadway musical opening night, they're your mommy and daddy. They're not your mommy okay. and daddy. So I saw this musical on Broadway opening weekend with mommy and daddy. Because <laughs> I'm a big spoiled adult child. And my dad, uh, my dad fucking loves South Park. And so did I. And so when we knew that, like... The creators of South Park were teaming up with that dude who made that Sesame Street musical that everybody fucking Avenue loved. Q. Yes. Avenue Q. That went to my college. All right. Fun fact yeah. from Dave. I absolutely had to see it. And Book of Mormon, if you haven't seen it, it's really amazing. Um, I got to see the original cast, which was super awesome. And what's great about it is every song is hilarious and well done. And they kind of went all out with the Broadway thing. So, like, imagine that this song is playing and there's, like, an entire cast of people dancing and the outfits are on point. So it's all the production that you expect from, like, a major mainstream Broadway musical, but it's hilarious. Yeah, and let me, let me, let me say this, too, about, about Book of Mormon. If you haven't seen Book of Mormon because you're like, I don't dig musicals or whatever. This is a musical for you because I don't dig musicals. <laughs> and, I, I, honestly, this is... I, I mean, like, I saw, um, I saw this, you know, having, you know, been someone who, like, likes musicals and stuff like that and had a very open mind and, you know, seeing, like, a lot of, like, local community theater, you know, you're, you're, you're used to kind of using your imagination a little bit, you know what I mean? You go see, like, a local theater production, <laughs> yeah. you know? But this, I mean, 
This is back in Chicago right now, and I mean, it is well worth the money. I mean, and a thing not a lot of people know about that you can do in downtown Chicago with all the theaters is, number one, you can go in and say you're a student, if you still have your student ID from college, and you can pay like $25 for a ticket. Also, you can put your name in for a raffle, which they pull like three times a day or something, also for $25 tickets. So I saw Book of Mormon for $25. I sat in the front row, right behind the band. Oh my god. It was the shit. And this is not even with the cast that like you saw with like Josh Gad. And right, but I will say the that- The guy from Girls. Even when Mummy and Daddy took me to see Book of Mormon in New York on opening weekend, it was still nothing compared to the price of Hamilton ticket. So Dave and I are going to New York in like just a few weeks, and it is crazy, even still how much those tickets cost to go see Hamilton. Yeah. Like, even if you want to see it at two o'clock in the afternoon on like a Tuesday, it's like, well, 500 bucks a piece, baby, to sit in like the shittiest section. I know, we can literally fly to Seattle from New York halfway through our honeymoon and come back and it would be cheaper than Hamilton tickets. Yeah. yeah what the fuck, Hamilton? Hamilton, I, it is crazy. I don't know, there might be, but as far as I know, there's not another musical that has in two years on Broadway, still that expensive for like a sure. nosebleed. Well, and I've heard like celebrities saying that they can't get tickets to it. Right. Like, it's insane. Um, so we'd be remiss not to play a little bit of Hamilton now. Uh, have you guys listened to any of Hamilton? Yeah. No, a little. No, I think I, I out of spite. Although when I found out that like one of my good friends from, uh, from Chicago, who lives in DC now, and I found out that her cousin was like one of the lead ladies in Hamilton. It sort of made me want to listen to Hamilton more, but nah, I just can't, it doesn't matter how good a soundtrack is, I can't be convinced to listen to it, like a musical soundtrack. Like I said, oh I just, God. I can't bring myself to like just play it. Like I'm never gonna be like in the car and be like, you know, now's a good time to listen yeah, to a Hamilton well, album. Yeah, but like, Hamilton- Kendrick came out with an album this summer. You think I was gonna stop and listen to Hamilton? <laughs> okay, but Hamilton is a really special show because it is R&B and hip-hop. So it's a musical that uses R&B and hip-hop for it, almost its entire... Well, um, and it never stops. It's like Birdman. You know so what I mean? It also, never breaks away. Honestly, that's also a musical. Dan didn't really like how they made Birdman. Alright, well let's listen to a song from Hamilton. Okay, I'll, I'll, and we'll I'll all give our opinions after. I'll reserve my judgment. I'll go to the Son of a whore and a Scotsman Dropped in the middle of a forgotten spot in the Caribbean By providence impoverished and squalor Grow up to be a hero and a scholar the ten dollar founding father without a father got a lot farther by working a lot harder by being a lot smarter by being a self-starter by 14 they placed him in charge of a trading charter and every day while slaves were being slaughtered and carted away Across the waves he struggled and kept his guard up Inside he was longing for something to be a part of The brother was ready to beg, steal, borrow, or barter Then a hurricane came and devastation rained Our man saw his future drip, dripping down the train Put a pencil to his temple, connected it to his brain And he wrote his first refrain, a testament to his pain the word got around and said this kid is insane man Took up a collection just to send him to the mainland Get your education, don't forget from when 
Okay, so that was uh, the song is Alexander Hamilton. It's uh, from Hamilton. You can find it on the Hamilton soundtrack, which did win a Grammy or something. Uh, it's Questlove from The Roots produced it. Uh, Mary, since you had never heard it before, what are your first thoughts? I really love how it started. I was actually surprised and taken aback by the, uh, by like the legit rapping in the beginning. And who's this? So one of the artists in the song actually, um, was on, it's from Clipping, right? Yeah, which was in our first episode. It was in our first summer. episode on, on, our, on our Summer Jams playlist. Um... I mean, it's great. Like, there's some. It starts off really good, and then it gets really kind of standard uh, Broadway musically for me toward the end there. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what I tear away. So, uh, I, don't I, I should say that this is Lin Manuel Miranda's thing. I don't want to. Questlove produced the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, what I was going to say though is that um, I am with you a little bit, Wendy. Uh, when that little like the funk guitar starts to play a little bit, I'm like I'm out of it a little bit. I love the rapping part, and I do even love the old theater part. What I don't well, here's where I fall off. Here's why I have a big gap in my musical theater appreciation is because I don't like really like that rock opera song. Big, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I like it. <laughs> so I know. And, you, and and this this show is so weird because it, it's mixing like several genres. So. It is, it's like rock opera, musical opera, we can call it different things. The other examples of that would be Lamez, um, uh, Phantom, Phantom of the Opera, because they go the entire uh, length of the show without, they may have a, an intermission break, but they won't break the music. Um, so anyway, yeah, it's kind of special. Um, okay, so if Hamilton ticket, like what price would you go see Hamilton? What is the amount of money you would pay to see it? I don't know, two fifty. Two fifty. I still paid two hundred fifty bucks a person. I thought like that would be fair and that would be steep, and that'd probably be like one of the that'd be like the only thing we'd see that and like something that we got on a raffle for that I found like some student ticket discount for something. But if if I could get it for two fifty, I just I can't I can't bring myself to pay a thousand dollars for us God. to see one play. Yeah. I'm already gonna have to pay like 150 bucks to change our tickets, so. Yeah, Mohammed, what do you think about uh, Once? You ever listen to Once? That's another Once, modern one. Okay, yeah, Once, I've actually seen the film, um, which came before, and so I know the story and I know the music from that, and you know, I haven't actually seen, but it reminds me of, I should have played something from the last five years. Do you guys know about the last five no, years? No, no, put it on the playlist though, and okay. people can listen to it. Okay, I will. It's, it's really interesting. Um, it's not really like Once, but it reminds me of Once because it's a two-person show, and it's oh, a love story, and it goes, but it goes front to back. So each protagonist, the guy and a girl, sing their story. So one of them sings from the end of the sh of the relationship to the front, and the other one sings from the front to the end. Mm. It's really interesting, and it's how they they had their relationship in five years. Interesting, kind of pretty what? funny too, and tragic. Kind of like a Five Hundred Days of Summer situation. Yeah, only a little more, a little deeper. A little deeper? <laughs> I don't know if it gets much deeper than uh, old, uh, what's her what's name? What's his name? Zo Zoe oh, Deschanel? Deschanel. De oh, sorry. De Zoe of De the De Channel. <laughs> Zoe of the Channel. Uh, she's not the one who's got the angst. It's, uh, what's his face? Uh, oh, you mean Yosef Gordon Levitt? Yes, 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 the cutie. <laughs> I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. I think you did. 
All right, so, uh, Mohammed, uh, it is time for your final song choice. Are you ready? I am so ready. All right, point it out. Watch this. Is there someone here who give a girl a hand? I'm looking for the guy who runs the hot lunch stand. He's usually here around half past three. And I'm a hungry girl, you see. They say I'm fickle, that's a fact But if I like the service, I might come back Tell me how much is it I'm willing to pay So listen to the words I say I want a hot dog for my roll I want it hot, I don't want it cold Give me a big one, that's what I said. I want it so it will fit my bread. I want a hot okay, dog. Okay, this is the hot dog song from Bullets Over Broadway, which the book is written by Woody Allen. Um, and it's very recent, actually, but it mimics an old, old style musical. So it came out in 2014, and I saw it that year. Um, on Broadway, and what's interesting too for me is that Mary Mazzy starred in it, and she um, is an alum from my my school, uh, Western Michigan University. So this go Broncos. show, yeah, go Broncos. So this show is just go like, Broncos. So ridiculous, uh, and so big, and so bold, and so sassy. It was just really fun to see, and obviously this song is very old school Broadway. Yeah, yeah. I like I like just making that sound. Did you like pick up? Did you pick up that the whole song is about a penis? Of course. Uh, I thought it was about a hot dog. Well, you're dumb. And a roll. Speaking of which, I found an article on the ten best hot dogs from the New York Times. Yeah, did this make it? Uh, this did not. They taste tested Applegate, Nathan's, Oscar Mayer. Well, all right, I'll just let you guys go. Um, I'll, I'll let you know which one the first one To me, just is. so you know, there there is a guy dancing around in a hot dog costume in the show. Oh, that sounds hilarious. I like that. Because Woody, Woody Allen, right? It's got a lot of uh, people that you'll know from uh, HBO television shows. It's like, it's like the mob meets... Mm, it's like Guys and Dolls Redone. Mm. Do you know Guys and Dolls? Probably not. Frank Sinatra was in Guys and Dolls. Ah. And, well. Do, do you remember The Simpsons when they did Guys and Dolls? They're like, we're just a bunch no. of crazy guys and dolls. No, I don't. Uh, it was Mark Hamill. It was hilarious. Um, who's dead? No, sorry. No, Leia's dead. Mark Hamill's still alive. Jeez. Leia. What's her real name? Mary Louise Parker? What's... Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, uh, so I think now would be a good time as any. We're about to play our final song. Uh, Muhammad, we've been calling you Muhammad the whole time. So Muhammad's real name is Kate. You, Which I've heard you say like five times. Yeah, this is the most I've ever called you Kate since I met you. Um, I call her Muhammad because uh, the first time I met her, she said, I have the most, I go, what's your name? And she goes, she goes, I, I, I'm in your Chinese class. This is Dave's story. This is Dave's version of the story, by the way. Okay. I'm in your Chinese class, and uh, and I run into you later on, and, and you say, I'm in your class, and I go, well, what's your name? And you go, oh, it's the most common name in the world. Never That's said what that. it is. Never yeah. said and that. I go, as you did, and I go, uh, Muhammad, because that's the most common name in the world. It yeah. must have happened. Why else would I just start calling It was calling something Muhammad? like that, but I don't ever remember calling her name 
Well, Caitlin, the way you spell it, it's very unique. <laughs> what I love is that later I was watching an episode of, um, what's it called, the show with Sheldon. Oh, no. Big Ben Theory. Yeah, Not that this. show. Come <laughs> on. I was into it for a short no. period. And no. She lives overseas. Jesus. She <laughs> needs, you need some Americana. This was before that, but anyway. Okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> but I gave you an out. <laughs> and I came back in. Okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, it was funny because somebody said that exact thing. He's like, well, it's a common name. And Sheldon's like, what is it, Muhammad Lee? Because Muhammad and Lee are the most common names in the world. And I thought it was funny. And that's what we like to call <laughs> Hollywood gold writing. All right, I just want to kind of go in because I've had nothing to say for a couple songs since I'm illiterate in musical theater. But I did read an article on 10 hot dogs that were taste tested in the New York Times. And I feel this is very appropriate since the song before the last song we play is the hot dog song. I just want to know that according to the New York Times, the favorite hot dogs are a Welshire Farms, a brand only sold at Whole Foods Market. They would Yay. pick that, those fucking bourgeois elitists. <laughs> but they also they also ranked Hebrew National up top. And a kind of middle of the pack, you know, is going to be an Applegate, uncured beef hot dog, a Nathan's Famous, or an Oscar Mayer classic. Let me tell you something. The cheese Wait, hold on. Where is, where is hot dogs? All right. Well, this this is about obviously packaged hot dogs, Dave. Your joke is so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, what about portillos? Anyway, if you want to get a great deal, just buy Hebrew Nationals, which I think kind of sums up who, who wrote who wrote the last play bullets over Broadway. Woody Allen. Woody Allen. So right, go for the Hebrew National. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're gonna play a uh, the final song is gonna be uh, a cover. Of a song from my favorite musical, The Sound of Music. It is The Vandals. So long for a while. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Spotify. Rate and review the podcast. Uh, I've been Mary Navajoski. I've been Dave Metz. And I apparently am. And this has been Impress Me With Music. Uh, Zaijian. And up in the nursery an absurd little bird is popping out to say cuckoo. They tell us, but firmly they compel us to say good night to you. So long, farewell, I'll be the second night. I hate to go and leave this pretty This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.